This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is sponsored by Podcorn. What is Podcorn? Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasts like this one with businesses of all kinds looking to raise the awareness of their brands through ad reads, interview segments, and more. I recently came across Podcorn and thought their idea of matching businesses looking to advertise on shows like this one was too good to be true, but quickly found that the site was very easy to use and was able to browse companies that I thought would fit the interests of our listeners. I've also come to love Podcorn's transparency when dealing with potential advertisers. Being able to set your own rates and having a variety of brands with a clear-cut idea of who they want to target and what they're looking for helps alleviate the stresses of sending countless blind emails in the hopes that someone will reply. All of this and there are no middle people to deal with and you don't have to give up any of the rights to your show. So huge thanks to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. Explore a wide array of sponsorship opportunities yourself and start monetizing your podcast by signing up today at podcorn.com slash podcasters. Now on to the show. America's biggest rock festival has a public service announcement to make. Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival, May 15th through the 17th, welcomes. Oh, yeah. The Red Hot Chili Peppers with Tool. And Slipknot. Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival. Three days, May 15th through the 17th at Mapfrey Stadium with Deftones, Bring Me the Horizon, Stained, Rancid, Cypress Hill, Royal Blood, Anthrax, Sublime, and the Columbus, Ohio return of Evanescence. Wake me up May 15th through the 17th in Columbus. Three different headliners Red Hot Chili Peppers, Slipknot, Tool. One weekend, one festival, Sonic Temple. Tickets are on sale now. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com for all information. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Tool, Slipknot, and many more. See ya at the temple. Just want to let everyone know before the episode officially starts, uh, there's about five to six minutes or so of my audio that has a little bit of issues. For some reason, my microphone or something was kind of shorting out or cutting out or whatever. I don't know, but uh, I figured uh, I would let you guys know now, so that way you're not like... So, with all that aside, let's get into the show. Talk to you guys later. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. With me, as always, is Daniel Terry. How are you doing this uh, this evening? I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, live. I'm kicking. I'm not really kicking. I'm sitting in a chair relatively comfortably. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we did the Furnace Fest preview a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, a lot of people seem to like that. Uh, just two of us bullshitting about bands and music, which is, I mean, the whole point of most podcasts based around music. And we're doing the same with this year's Sonic Temple Festival. We went last year, I went last year, and, and had a lot of fun, and this year's lineup, uh, thankfully we didn't do this episode earlier like we were planning on, very much like your uh, your Furnace Fest episode you were going to do with, uh, what is the guy's name from as the story grows podcast uh brian Patton. yeah from as the story grows podcast and uh because as you kept saying uh, more bands kept getting added and you're like well fuck this would be pretty much you know not even worth it by the time we put it out uh it would be old news so hopefully at this point amid uh, a lot of the the drama and stuff going on uh with the festival and, and some of the other danny wimmer festivals as a whole as a result of metallica Everything should be pretty much set in stone at this point, so I feel pretty safe to be able to talk about this. Um, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, We're going to kind of work from the bottom and work our way up. So Friday, um, one of the, I mean, 
first of all, Sonic Temple this year as a whole, uh, super strong lineup. Uh, I'm going to be kind of hard-pressed to stay in the media tent this year to, to miss on all these great bands. Uh, Friday, I mean, holy shit. Um, you mean, you guys were talking about Ginger uh, quite a bit you know, ago on discography discussion, and I have not had the opportunity to see this band, and uh, I'm very excited to see... By all accounts, what is you know one of the best up and coming bands right now in the the hard rock metal scene, and kind of bringing something a little bit different with it too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely would be excited to see Ginger live just because um, I, number one, I never have, and um, you know, one of the biggest things that we talked about on that episode was the hype, the hype, the hype, the hype that Ginger has, um, and I want to see that um, kind of kind of explode out on the stage. And um, I'm I'm really happy to see them playing um, on on the first day too. I think if there are people that have not heard Ginger, I think they'll be pretty surprised. And if the only thing that you've ever heard by them is the song Pisces, you're going to be interested in, in kind of some of the other stuff that they're that they're throwing down. Yeah, one of the other bands, and actually we have a, an upcoming episode with them. It's already done. Um, is with Ego Kill Talent. Uh, they are a band that seemingly came out of nowhere. Uh, they are from Brazil and uh, are probably the most connected band you've never heard of. Uh, they basically had slots opening for um, System of a Down. They had the upcoming Metallica tour, and they have toured with Queens of the Stone Age overseas. They've played with Foo Fighters. Like They've pretty much played with all the best and biggest bands that there are in rock right now, and... I know when it came across my uh, our email, I was like, I have no fucking clue who this band is, and I don't know how they've gotten on all these great shows. Uh, so I was like, I, I need to talk to these guys and, and find out more about them. And I think if, you know, everything is to be believed, I, I think we have one of the first uh, interviews with them here in the, the stateside. Uh, so uh kind of you know really cool and actually we kind of get into a lot of interesting you know conversations uh about you know what they learned from playing with some of these bands and and so forth and you know kind of getting to come over to the these you know danny wimmer festivals this year and getting to play in front of the the u.s fans who probably don't know much about them and i i always think that's so weird to think about a band who's playing at you know stadium or arena levels somewhere else and then coming over here and they're probably not even at a club level yeah yeah that is that's the funny thing about about united states right <laughs> i know it sounds so uh so american to say something like that but it, but it's, it's true i mean it's just it is what it is unfortunately then you got this uh i mean another great one-two punch power trip and testament testament put out a or i don't think it's out i think it's coming out the it new is, testament record yeah it's coming out uh and i mean who isn't always excited to uh to see testament uh the last time i saw them was on the uh slayer farewell tour which may or may not still be going on i, I kind of lost track of it but um <laughs> but whenever i saw them it was like uh kind of a dream lineup of bands and uh testament was just killer i kind of felt bad too because um when anthrax was playing there were like a whole bunch of people screaming like get testament back out here like, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty uh I felt bad for Anthrax, but we'll talk about that later. Um, this, uh, yeah, Testament, and then you've got Hell Yeah, um, you know, headlining that stage. And um, not a huge Hell Yeah fan. Uh, it will be interesting seeing them, you know, post Vinnie Paul. I've seen them, actually, since they didn't have Vinnie Paul and Roy Mayorga. 
uh, from I think X uh, Soulfly or Sepultura. I can't remember what he was in. It had to have been Soulfly. Um, yeah, way back in the day. And then obviously Stone Sour, more than competent uh, in playing those drums. Uh, I mean, he's a phenomenal drummer. Um, I haven't seen Chad, uh, the vocalist Chad Gray, since uh, the beginning of All Things to End tour cycle for Mudvayne. Oh wow! So I didn't know that dude got like super ripped and has really like that the beard that he had in the dig video is basically now on top of his head wow <laughs> that's crazy yeah i don't think i've seen chad in concert since since last time i saw mudvane yeah that's true that's um, interesting yeah i yeah i haven't really listened to much of hell yes music it's a little too um uh southern i guess for me it, it's just <laughs> it's a little it's a little like weightlifting music and if anybody's ever seen my amazing physique you'll know that i uh don't lift very many weights so uh, <laughs> maybe if i maybe if i listened to more hell yeah i would i would be way more ripped moving on to the echo stage um i got excited for a minute when i thought dredge was on this show <laughs> Yeah, then, I thought the same thing whenever I was whenever I was just barely scanning, and I was like, "Oh, Dredge, that's a very unexpected, but welcome addition," you know. And then I was like, "Oh no, okay." I mean, I actually don't. I actually am not familiar with Dredge, so uh, I, I have nothing to say, good or bad. Uh, I'm in the same boat. Uh, they are one that I'll probably, as the festival starts getting closer, I'll start kind of ramping up and, and listening to some more of these other bands because uh, last year that was kind of the fun of doing this. Uh, episode and kind of going to the festival itself was kind of checking out some of these bands that I didn't know anything about. And then subsequently you see everywhere afterwards, uh, you know, Hyro the Hero is one we talked about and that dude is everywhere now. Um, so, you know, basically that's kind of the fun thing about going to see some of these quote unquote unknown bands is that they become the next up and coming bands that you see on every great tour. And then you're just like, man, I fucking love this band. So, uh, again, yeah, don't know much about Dreg. Um, uh, Obviously, I'm sure, you know, Danny Wimmer Presents and all the people that put on this festival aren't going to put on some slouchy band. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to getting more into their discography and checking out what they have. However, the next band, Bones UK, uh, fun story. So Corn and Breaking Benjamin did that tour, and Bones UK was the opening band. Uh, as you heard at the end of my chat with Brian from Corn, uh, made the comment, and he offered to, you know, have my dad and I come out to a show. Uh, my dad and I weren't able to come to the show. Uh, they announced a tour here in Grand Rapids, but it was the day that my wife and I were already going to be gone out in New Orleans. So shucks, couldn't do it. And I was kind of bummed about that. And then about a week later, I get an email from Bones UK's team, and they're like, hey, we'd really love to have the girls on your show. We'll bring you some beers. You know, they're into craft beer. So like, they were all about coming on the show and just being a part of what the show is, basically. And I was like, fuck, man, I really... Damn it, that sounds so cool. Um, so then I had to politely turn that down, and then my wife's like, well, we could go to this show in Fort Wayne. So then for like a, about a week and a half, we were trying to figure out if we could make it work with the Bones UK camp uh, to do an interview down in Fort Wayne with them. But unfortunately, it was going to be a thing of like, hey, you, we would have to do it during corn set. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to drive like three and a half hours to miss corn set. Um, so it was one of those things where the plan now is we're going to link up with the ladies at Sonic Temple and, and kind of get this done. Uh, they're actually going to be in here in Grand Rapids the day before they appear. So on that Thursday, they're going to be uh, here in GR. But my wife and I will already be making our way down to uh, to Columbus. So that way uh, I don't have to drive and get up way early to make it in time to get there. Um 
Bones UK, though, they are a solid band. Uh, really interesting what they're doing. Band out of the UK, obviously. Um, kind of hard to put my finger on what it is, and I think that's pretty much what this whole stage, this Echo stage for Friday, uh, totally encompasses. Goodbye, June. Don't know much about them. I've been seeing their name around a little bit more lately. Uh, I think, you know, as you're going to kind of start seeing with a lot of these these tours, like, you know, all these great tours, package tours are, are going around, and a lot of them are gearing up to hit all these Danny Wimmer festivals. Uh, so you're starting to kind of see you know the package tours going out and who's you know kind of going where um so don't know much about goodbye june i think i forget what tour they're on but i have been seeing them on two upcoming tours uh someone i am stoked on and i have been trying to get on this podcast is uh ghost main i have championed uh this dude for probably the past year or so i think this guy is basically I mean, you may not be into kind of this trap hip hop thing that he's doing, but he's also incorporating kind of like, it's almost like Poppy, like what Poppy's doing, where it's like, it touches on a lot of different things, and it's not any one singular thing. It's a bunch of things all together. And I think Ghostmane, you know, obviously comes from, you know, the metal world kind of incorporating those kind of dark, death metal-y kind of things in the music, as well as kind of putting it against like trap and hip hop beats and so forth. And, you know seeing the shows like in, on youtube and so forth it it looks like a hardcore show it's just a bunch of kids fucking moving the whole show crowd surfing you know moshing and all that and uh i'm i'm stoked that he's on this uh this festival and i'm really hoping a good crowd shows out for him because by all accounts it seems like you know most of his tour dates sell out and he thrives on kind of just that that feeding off the energy of the crowd so if you aren't familiar with ghost main i mean check it out it's it's may not be for everyone but it, it's pretty fucking exciting what he's doing well i mean you know i've been uh, expanding my horizons lately so you never know you never know flatbush zombies another example of basically a group uh who defies genres um i would say they're typically more in the hip-hop realm um but kind of in the same way that like Tyler, the creator, and like Odd Future and those guys are, are hip-hop, but they're also more than that. Um, Flatbush Zombies, also another group that, like, you know, just high-energy shows, kind of has that vibe of a, a hardcore punk rock show. Um, I mean, again, great, great band. I can't wait to see these guys live. They don't tour a whole lot around my area, so I'm very much looking forward to catching this set. Um, I'm sure Dan kind of doesn't know <laughs> a whole lot yeah, about these guys. Yeah, either. not not really. Um the only band that I recognize on Echo Stage for Friday is Sublime, obviously. Um, which I mean, a lot of people like Sublime. <laughs> I don't. Ha I don't hate Sublime. I'm just largely indifferent. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same. That will probably be whatever they're playing. I'll probably go check out another band. Um, I might uh, stick around and, and do the thing I like to do for a band that I've never seen, where I'll stick around for a song or two and then then bounce. Um, you know, it, it is always kind of funny with these festivals how people lock themselves into seeing a band, and it's like you know, with these, you know, they're pretty good about not having a whole lot of bands on at the same time, or you have to pick and choose. However, you might got to dip out the last song or two to make your way across the stadium and so forth to get to the other stages. Um, but it's, it's not so bad. Uh, typically you're able to kind of catch most of whatever you want to see. Like I said, uh, last year I was in the tent most of the time, you know, cause I didn't want to miss out on any opportunities to see any of these bands or get to interview any of these bands if they happen to come by. Um, but I'm hoping to be a little bit more diligent in my participation of the actual festival part of it, as opposed to just sitting in a tent all day. Right. Yeah. I, I think, um, 
I might take tent duties on this one if we <laughs> if I, if we're both there because um, oh some of these bands you know th- this festival you know you're going to find that you know different festivals appeal to different people so you know with Furnace Fest that's like you know my festival you know <laughs> like. Uh, whereas, uh, something like Sonic Temple, John having a little bit more diverse, uh, palette for some of these bands is going to get a lot more out of, uh, some of these lineups. Uh, going on to the main stage, uh, Dirty Honey, man, they are all over the fucking place. Um, I think I have seen them twice opening for different tours that I've seen around town, but no, Dirty Honey are making quite the name for themselves. They are an unsigned band. Uh, they are totally DIY. They, I mean, they have management, they have booking agents and so forth, but they are not on a label. Um, so the fact of what they've been able to do in the last year or so of really getting on great tours, really building a name for themselves, uh, and doing it so DIY, I think just kind of speaks to the nature of, of the industry now. Uh, they were recently on Eddie Trunk, you know, basically when he asked like, oh, would you, are you going to go on to a label? Are you thinking about going on to a label? And they were like, you know, we just don't really see the benefits right now. Like we're, we're having pretty good success right now. And, you know, it's very commendable. And last year, you know, there were a handful of big bands uh that were kind of in their spot you know playing the main stage kind of an up-and-coming band and i was surprised to see how many you know classic rock fans uh because they have kind of more of that sound were just pumped on a lot of these bands and it's like you know i know it's it's sort of they're younger and trying to appeal to a younger demographic but it is really cool to see a lot of these you know people who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s going to these shows, really supporting some of these up-and-coming younger bands because they have the sound that they grew up on. And because, you know, sometimes rock and metal people are a bit elitist, and it's always, well, if I want to hear something that reminds me of X, Y, or Z, I'll just go listen to X, Y, or Z. Um, And that's not the case with Dirty Honey. So I, I really appreciate that seemingly a lot of uh their their music's resonating and hitting with a lot of people so i'm excited to see these guys yeah i honestly um i'm that person you just described but i have actually not heard dirty honey yet and uh that's probably my bad although i am you know more of the rock metal elitist <laughs> so um no more, more the metal than the rock i think uh rock bands have to have to be like to, to, to your point like for me a lot of rock bands have to be like a formative band that i grew up with which there will be no short of shortage of at this festival so <laughs> uh sleeping with sirens uh, another great up-and-coming band um really hoping to get some one-on-one time with these guys in the in the media area uh i mean they just a solid band through and through uh especially kind of you know, I was kind of talking, and we were talking on the Telly Smith episode that kind of has already come out at this point, but just talking about how, you know, bands like The Plot and You, Sleeping the Sirens, you know, The Word Alive, they're all kind of changing from being sort of a metalcore band to becoming this new ambient kind of alternative hard rock something you know i haven't quite put been able to put my finger on it but there is this shift that's happening right now currently in this genre of music and i think it's actually going to allow a lot of these bands who have been around for you know five to ten years to extend their careers even longer because it's it's changing and, and creating something new yeah i mean sleeping with sirens is a band that's pretty familiar to me in that they you know they've been around since at least like 2010 or so and yeah they're um you know, obviously signed to Sumerian Records, 
they had that kind of post hardcore uh metalcore sound early on and, and yeah it is it is weird and we'll, we'll continue this particular discussion when we talk about bring me the horizon but um the, these bands that that started off you know super heavy are going in in like years ago you just scream sell out move on <laughs> but these bands really for whatever reason have this kind of weird staying power and they are able to successfully switch out of the genre that made them popular and continue to t- continue to improve their songwriting while they're doing it so that you don't mind hearing a poppy rock song from Sleeping with Sirens. Right. You know, it like it's it's totally fine. Like I think people are I think people are tired of just picking a genre and going with it. I think people are more like, yeah, I'm starting to become more of a fan of like the people in the band and their story, what they what they're throwing down, and people like to take that musical journey with them now, instead of just being like, well, I only liked these eight records, you know, from 2000 till 2019, and anything that doesn't sound like those two, like those eight records, is just total trash. I mean, I think that can also be applied to the next band, which is Anthrax. Um, <laughs> Dan and I are on different sides of this. I think Anthrax, especially since Joey Belladonna has joined the band, uh, Anthrax to me has always kind of been. A, a tale of two bands and they remind me a lot of van halen and that's probably a comparison no one will ever fucking make but when they had david lee roth van halen that is they were more of a fun party band and then they got sammy hagar and they became a more serious musically proficient band not saying that they weren't proficient before but adding someone who's writing real songs with lyrics that actually mean something took the band to another level and to me, you have two eras with Joey Belladonna having that fun, you know, I'm the man, and just fucking smile on your face a mile wide, just having fun with this fun thrash band from the East Coast. And then they got John Bush of Armored Saint, and it became a more serious band. And I love both iterations of the band, but I gotta say, it's so fucking fun to see Joey, Bell- Joey Belladonna just running around on stage with his fucking awesomely terrible mullety hair and high-pitched voice, his half-microphone stand, you know, Scotty and just riffing away. You got John from uh, Shadows Fall still in the band. And, I mean, they're just a fucking great band that have a shitload of hits, and they know how to whip a crowd up and get them ready for whoever is coming after them. And to me, where they're at in the night, Maybe they're going to, I mean, they will be the most aggressive band going forward the rest of the night, but I think that kind of works to their advantage and will be a nice kind of palate cleanser from everything else you're going to get going, you know, the rest of the night forward. And I, I, I can't wait to see them play in that stadium, just whipping up a fucking crowd to, uh, you know, I'm the man or Cotton Mosh or, you know, Madhouse and shit like that. Yeah. I, you know, I don't hate Anthrax. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going to do like a giant podcast episode about how much I hate them or anything, but like, I love Scott Ian. I, I do. Like, he's just seemed like a super cool dude. And, um, with Anthrax, they've always just been a band that I just like, I like some of the riffs and I like some of what they throw down, but I just can't figure out like why they're as popular as they are in comparison to their peers. Like, be, <laughs> like being considered like one of the big four of thrash metal just seems more like, you know, a group of friends is hanging out and then Anthrax shows up and they're like, yeah, I guess you can go hang out with us in the mall parking lot. Like, I don't know. It's just, um, I don't know. Like, Anthrax always just seemed like the tag along little brother to me. 
uh, with a lot of the uh, metal bands. And maybe that's not fair. Like, I know there's, like, tons of Anthrax fans out there, but for whatever reason, Anthrax was never quite as aggressive or go through the th- go for the throat enough for me, like a band like Testament was or, or um, Exodus or, you know. I think the thing is, though, and I, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately, I think it's because they're from the East Coast, and the East Coast was kind of more about having fun. Back yeah, then, whereas the Bay be. Area, oh, you know where all the other bands were from. They all knew each other, and the and the more I kept thinking about it, I'm wondering if it's because you know, back then before the internet, and you had to kind of become friends with someone, and then you started trading shows and so forth. I wonder if it was like a thing of like, hey, this band from the East Coast is pretty tight, and then everyone started playing with them, like the Metallicas, your Testaments, and so forth, your Slayers. And they would kind of help them get out to the East Coast and vice versa to get Anthrax out to the West Coast. So I don't know. I've been kind of thinking a little bit about that more because I know a lot of people are like, well, I think there are more deserving bands to be in the big four. And most of those bands that everyone talks about are all Bay Area bands. So it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think they're they're going to be a great addition to the festival. But I don't necessarily know if they're, if it's going to be enough to grab me this time as I... I've seen Anthrax pretty recently, and it's not that they were like bad or sucked or anything, but they just, in comparison to the, the, that's the problem, I guess, with Anthrax. It's it's always one of those in comparison to the other bands. But like you said, on this particular day, um, oh, okay, on that stage, you know, compared to the other bands that they're, I mean, depending on what set list Bring Me the Horizon decides to play. um, I can already tell you what that's going to be. Right, yeah. So like Anthrax. They're they're gonna be the most unique band on that stage that night, um, but if you're if you're looking for like really heavy stuff, you're gonna definitely be sticking with Wave Stage on Friday. Um, Royal Blood, uh, I've not seen them, but I mean, two man band, kind of in the vein of, I mean, there's a slew of bands I can think of, but I mean, to the mainstream. Probably 68 is as close as anyone's going to come to being like, oh, like these guys. Yeah. Um, I think they have more in in line with kind of more technical kind of proggier stuff than 68. Um, I I think people are going to like this. I know they have a couple songs on the radio, so they're probably going to grab some of those uh, radio, you know, active radio rock uh, people. Uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes over, uh, especially with them being built so high. Um, I mean, I assume that most of these are in the order of how they're going to be playing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out. I, I don't know that a lot of people know who they are. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't. Um, I I enjoy the couple of songs I've heard on the radio from a few years ago. I think they put out a, a newer record recently. Um, but it's basically uh, very much like a... I almost said Wicked Wisdom. Uh, like Jason Wisdom's band. Uh, it's a bass Death player therapy. and a... Yeah. yeah, like Death Therapy. It's a it's a bass player and a, a drummer. It's all you need. Yeah. Um, so I am really excited they got Bring Me the Horizon back. Uh unbeknownst to a lot of people probably uh the last day of last year's festival burning me was supposed to play in front of foo fighters and most of the stages got rained out um real bad weather there was a tornado that was supposed to be coming uh basically the hives were playing on one of the stages and i think they got to the last song which sucked because i believe it was tick tick boom um or it uh Idiot Walk, one of the two. It was a fucking great song. No, actually, I think it was Hate to t- Say I Told You So. Um, now I think about it. And they basically cut all the power. Uh, the other stage, which had Refused, Distillers, and a bunch of other great bands, was shut down way earlier in the day. Um, and by the time we all got let back in, 
my wife and I, like, and a handful of friends rushed to basically the front of the stage in the in the main stadium, expecting to see Bring Me because we saw their gear, you know, getting backlined earlier in the day, and then found out Bring Me wasn't playing. That Joan Jet was going to be playing on the one of the side stages for an extended period, uh, extra longer set, and then Foo Fighters would be coming on. So I was so bummed uh, that we didn't get to see Bring Me. My wife and I were going to try to see him the day before uh, in back home. And that obviously didn't pan out since we were in Columbus. And so we were just really bummed that uh, we didn't get to see him. And then when I surprised my wife to go see Lost Rages, I missed Bring Me By a Day again. So I haven't gotten to see Bring Me on this album cycle. Uh, I saw him once on the uh, Subeternal cycle and once on the That's the Spirit cycle. And by all accounts from everything I've seen, it looks like, you know, they're trying to be the next Rammstein, the next Parkway Drive, bring in lots of pyro, uh, lots of stuff on the stage. Uh, so I am very much looking forward to seeing this set. I know it's going to be very, very heavy on the last three records. I think they do a very brief medley uh, somewhere in the middle of the set uh, doing stuff off of Suicide Season. And that's about it. So if you aren't a fan of the last three records, this set is not going to be for you. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. I mean, you, you know that's not going to upset me. But uh, yeah, it, it will upset people on the internet. I know that. Well, I mean, it exists, right? Therefore, people on the internet are offended, which is why I love the internet. Uh, so I mean, you know, the uh, elephant in the room. This was yeah. Su- this was supposed to be Metallica. Yeah, and uh, full transparency, um, I'm okay with Metallica. I know enough of their stuff that I would probably stick around for part of the set and then go home to, to just beat all the, the crowd, um, But I, because I've never seen Metallica. But I've also never seen the Chili Peppers, and I'm interested at least to catch a couple of their songs and see how it is, especially now that John Frusciante is back in the band. Uh, the Chili Peppers ruined the surprise. <laughs> Yeah, they by, did. By posting not only that they were playing, but announcing that Tool is uh, replacing Metallica on Sunday. So uh, thanks to the Red Hot Chili Peppers for, for getting ahead of the press release by about three hours. Um, They're doing our job better than we are. That was probably, you know, the uh, the East Coast, West Coast time thing. They probably, you know, did it on the wrong time zone. Um, I mean, this band's got undeniable hits. They've got staying power for sure. Um, I mean, even if you don't, think you know the newer stuff you probably know it because it's just played everywhere um so i'm i'm interested to at least check out a couple of songs i don't know how long i plan on being there for it um it's the thing about festivals especially multi-day festivals is typically by the end of the day especially when you've been there probably since 9 30 10 uh between lines traffic and all that you're you're, you're about burnout and <laughs> especially knowing that you got two more days to go <laughs> right yeah um uh, chili peppers would be exciting um it's weird to hear me say that. I think most people would assume that I would be a hater, but uh, I'm really not. Um, I don't really know, couldn't tell you what there would be to hate about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, I love, well, I love the spontaneousness of their early material the most, but I like how, I like kind of the mature rock band that they turned into from just being these crazy dudes that wear socks and play outrageously funky tracks. You know? <laughs> I almost I said outrageously funky with a straight face. That's that's a first. Uh, but I, I think that um, I think that's exciting. I don't know if they would have edged out Metallica for me. Um, I probably would have been more excited to see Metallica. But um, I'm I'm more than happy with getting Tool and Chili Peppers as a replacement. Um, on to Saturday. So Wave Stage. 
Um, this is kind of an interesting... Saturday is kind of interesting as a whole. I, I feel like there's a lot of diversity on all the stages, you know, starting with the wave stage. Uh, Bloody Wood, I mean, actually, I'm just going to go these three bands, Bloody Wood, Broken Love. I have seen Broken Love again on a lot of tours coming up. So by all accounts, you, you, I assume you're not a shitty band and getting on these festivals and getting on these prestigious uh, great package tours if you're not any good. Uh, City Morgue, I, those three bands I don't really know anything about. I would kind of assume Dan doesn't either. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on a few of these. Okay. Uh, three Teeth. Uh, this is a band that is kind of erupting out of the underground scene. Kind of... They... I mean, they look like an industrial band. Their vibe is very noir, I guess, for lack of a better term. Leather jackets kind of, you know, have kind of a, a <laughs> S&M kind of look to them a little bit. Ooh, uh, now, we're, now we're getting somewhere. I mean, everything I always see, it just always kind of screams very, uh, a, you know, aggressive male sexuality kind of. And, and, and like I'm Ra- probably like Rammstein. Yeah, like, and I'm probably putting a lot of this on just me. Like, it probably speaks more to how I <laughs> feel about their aesthetics. Let's dig in. But, let's dig further into that, John. No, well, perfect. you know, like, very much like uh, like Tobias Funke from uh, <laughs> from Arrested Development. I want something that screams leather, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he did ever make it into the Blue Man Group. Anyway, <laughs> um, really blew myself there. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, but it's one of those things, uh, this band, you know, always is just a lot of publicity surrounding them, a lot of buzz, and uh, I'm really, you know, sometimes these are the kind of bands, like I said, you know, a couple, like last year with some of these bands, uh, and, you know, talking about like Ginger and so forth, or Hyro the Hero, these are some of the bands that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how they are, because I think they're going to start becoming, you know, the next, you know, top tier mid-level tier bands that you're starting to see on these festivals and you know headlining on their own and uh i really want to see like what this band's made of in in an environment like this which can sometimes kind of be unforgiving um or you know could be one of those bands where (laughs) you know you and a handful of other people are like holy fuck did you see three teeth earlier today holy shit um so i'm very much looking forward to seeing these guys um heard nothing but great things uh, like I said, a lot of buzz around this band uh, and something a little bit different than anything else that's really on this stage uh, and really on this day or this whole tour. So very much looking forward to uh, seeing them. Uh, don't know if Dan really has much else to add to my no. leather fetish. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to let you uh, work, it, work it out for yourself. But whatever you want to do, John, I, I support you 100%. Okay. Um, I should send you their promo photo and see if you at least get the same vibe. I might. Hey, if I like it enough, I'll put it as my desktop background. Hey, you know, you got to just look at a thing that you like to look at, right? (laughs) It's fine. Uh, Knocked loose if I play my cards right. You're forgetting uh, Cherry Bombs. Oh, I did. but Oh, okay. Yeah, let's talk about Cherry Bombs. Well, you know, they're uh, Corey Taylor's wife's uh, like burlesque show. I mean... Yeah, sometimes there's things, you know, if you want to look at a thing, you should be able to look at that thing, right? Yeah, uh, they were, re- uh, Alicia Dove, the lead uh, performer of this, uh, was recently on Scott Bowling show. Oh, yeah. There you go, there's the Three Teeth promo photo. <laughs> okay, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, interrupt the show on this. Have to. Uh, let's see here. You guys are getting this live and direct. Wow, yeah, okay. So, um... That's just lighting, right? He's not wearing red paint. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I was just I was double checking. Um I'm getting kind of a Rammstein vibe. Yeah. Um 
big time on this, especially uh, with your guy uh, on the left with a or on the right with the fishnet stockings. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'm loving the stash. Oh yeah, the stash is really making me happy. This this may actually end up being my desktop background now. Well, I sent you I another just, one. I just like looking at these guys. <laughs> You're right. I, I don't really know why. Like it's not. <laughs> But yeah, it, it has like an industrial kind of vibe. To yeah, it. yeah, I, I definitely can see that. That's cool. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll watch that show based on these on these photos. There you go. Uh, anyway, knock loose, Dan. Go ahead and take it away with knock loose. I mean, if I play my cards right, I'm going to get to see knock loose two times this year, right? Right. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Um, I'll, I'd be happy just to see that. Just to see them once. Uh, what else is there to say about knock loose? I mean, they're like. The hardcore band when somebody's like, "Hey, what's hardcore look like in 2020?" Not loose. Yeah, they are. I think one of the. I mean, other than Code Orange, which we'll talk about them in a little bit. Yeah, um, that's tomorrow. You know, one of the. Yeah, <laughs> one of the few bands that really incorporates old school, you know, hardcore, and bring it into the the new era of hardcore and seamlessly doing it. I mean, you have you know just you're straight ahead like D beat ass beaters. Uh, mixed with your like kind of mid tempo mosh parts with a with a fucking you know panic chords thrown in like two vocalists you know basically any hardcore shirt you've ever seen with a, a crowd pile on it's knocked loose at any given point in their set. Um, I am interested, as stupid as this is. There's a couple of like knock loose chants that basically happen at at songs like so. I'm waiting to hear the the dog barking. Uh, then you know can't wait to hear the. Uh, uh, that you know, part at the very end of Dead Ringer. I mean, there's just so many cool fucking parts in a Knock Loose show. Uh, I'm, you know, great to hopefully get to talk to Brian again. Uh, we had him on the show a while back. Uh, really soft spoken dude who's really polite and nice. Uh, and this band just kicks a lot of ass. So if you've never seen Knock Loose, if you've only heard about the band but you don't know anything about them, make your way over to the Wave Stage and go see why this is one of the more important bands that are playing right now in hardcore. Yeah, it's funny to me because, it, like, with with a band like Knocked Loose, it's like the grandma effect of, oh, he's such a nice boy. <laughs> What's his music sound like? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he seems so polite and so friendly. And it's like, you know, he, he is that, but his, his band is just so, like, mind-numbingly, like, intense. <laughs> like, mind-numbingly is kind of a bad word, but, you know, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, up next on the Echo Stage, start things off with Dead. Um, another band, no been better. around for a while, making a way, uh, making their way, uh, climbing up the ranks. You know, they got the In This Moment tour coming up. Uh, their singer Joseph or Joe uh, just did a song on the new In This Moment record. Uh, Dead is a band that kind of really incorporates a lot of uh, kind of that new metal sound and vibe and theatrics. And, uh, you know, if you've not seen them, they're very entertaining. Uh, like I said, a, a band that just kind of is everywhere at all times, uh, but somehow always finds time to make new music. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, great way. First of all, great way to open up the day. Yeah. Um, Dead's going to get everybody going. and Well, everybody that's into new metal. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you could come to this festival and not be into new metal. I mean, you have to to be able to appreciate almost uh, most of this um dinosaur pileup uh i've been seeing the name around a lot lately i don't know any of their songs i I honestly don't know much about them um kind of that same thing with dreg uh and some of the other bands like 
see their name around, haven't checked them out. Uh, looking forward to maybe catching a couple songs beforehand and maybe seeing what they're about live and, and becoming a new fan. Uh, I would kind of assume again with this that Dan probably same same boat as me. Yeah, I I love the name uh, <laughs> because it reminds me of that scene in Peter Jackson's uh, King Kong. Uh, where the dino- me and my wife actually call it dinosaur football, um, mm. <laughs> and uh, it's yeah. There's a whole bunch of there, there's a scene in that movie that's like surreal that shows them being chased by all these dinosaurs and the dinosaurs start tripping over each other in a stampede and they have a literal uh, dinosaur pileup. So uh, I I really hope that's the inspiration for the band name. Reach out to us, guys. I want to talk about it. <laughs> um, moving on, fire from the gods. Well, I mean. We didn't know at the time, we talked to AJ from Fire from the Gods, that they were going to be doing this, but uh, go back and check out that episode. AJ is a really uh, solid dude, really easy to talk to, and I'm hoping to uh, link up with him and uh, you know just say hey, uh, as he apparently wants to do with people that he talks to for interviews, which is commendable. Uh, I imagine for as much press as that dude does, he'd probably, I'd walk up to him and be like, hey man, remember uh, talking to me and saying you wanted to meet? Well, here I am. And he'd probably be like, cool, yeah, you too. <laughs> Um, you want me to sign something? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, running out of room there, guy. <laughs> running out of room. Uh, hey, do you have the, uh, do you, do you have the meet and greet, uh, ticket? Yeah. Uh, no, probably not that bad. Come on. So it's funny you say that, and I may choose to edit this out. So I was at a warp <laughs> tour one year, and I had the all access pass, uh, that a friend had given me, and allowing me to go anywhere on the entire warp tour. Um, no escort needed, basically. <clears throat> And there was a person from a band, and a fan was following them, kind of being a punisher. And this person had security with them, and then you know quickly beeline to the the back gate to get quote unquote backstage. Uh, and was like, "Oh, it was really great seeing you." Blah blah blah, and you know, talk to you later. Bye. And then I looked over at my wife, and I was like, "So I should follow said person." and to punish them real bad and then when they go to pull that on me i'll be like oh cool oh you're going back here too and then present my pass right and then just keep doing it knowing that they can't get away from me (laughs) that would be that'd be really horrible to do but also really funny yeah i I, I don't know i always joke about how funny it'd be just to punish someone and they don't they think they can get away from you and you're like oh no no the punishment continues backstage or not (laughs) i have access to literally everything up to it including your tour bus <laughs> you think the past extended to tour buses? Because if so, OMG. No, unfortunately, it did not include that. I could have gotten catering though for like five bucks. Well, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, moving on, Ice Nine kills. Uh, obviously, Patrick from Ice Nine has been on the show before. Uh, great dude, great band. This Killer band. band. Killer band. This band is just uh, probably, interestingly enough, probably one of the most aggressive bands that has the po- achieved the popularity that they have. I mean, at times, not even kind of sorta they are they get into a weird tech grind territory at times well they're they're the weird like opposite of what we were talking about with like bring me the horizon sleeping with sirens this is a band that started off more general market and got progressively more pissed off yeah (laughs) that's you don't see that very often no and uh my wife and i thanks to patrick uh have seen this band so many times on this uh, album cycle for the Silver Scream, and it's just insane to see the how, what they're doing with these crowds. I mean, I, I, like I've said it a bunch. I honestly, for a band of this kind, 
I've not really seen it since a trade with the curse where, you know, a record just kind of puts its stamp on this this moment in time in this year. Uh, and at this point, a year and a half almost, I think, now in this album cycle. And it's just incredible to see that the legs that the Sober Scream has had. Uh, last year, we were joking and sending messages to uh, to Patrick of them playing uh, one of their songs on the screens over the speaker system in between bands. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess that all pretty much but confirms that you're playing next year, right? And he was like, oh, pff, we have no idea. And here we are a year later, and we'll see him in this stadium. So uh, very much looking forward to catching uh, this show. If you've never seen Ice Nine Kills, I mean, I, I would... Th- say it's probably best to see them in a club or arena where it's dark and their theatrics and light show and all that kind of stuff can be more experienced but i think their show just translates regardless of where they're playing fans love these guys and i i'm sure this is going to be almost like a warp tour-esque kind of setup especially with them coming off shipped rock and that kind of appealing to an older demographic who has money that a lot of those people are now all of a sudden Ice Nine Kills fans as well. So I expect this just to be one of those like big sets for the night where a lot of crowd participation and a huge crowd is is waiting for them. Totally, totally. I, I definitely one on the I'm very excited about like a hundred percent. Um, Pennywise, I <laughs> went and saw these guys and didn't even see them uh, a friend of mine was on tour with them and i stood in the lobby in the merch area the whole time <laughs> hanging out with my friend that's really 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 funny um, and i had an all-access pass too and i just stayed in the lobby <laughs> i've seen i've seen pennywise a lot of times and I've, I've had a lot of fun it's weird i've never actually gone to see them they've just happened to be on shows that i wanted to see um i they i mean dating all the way back to high school you know <laughs> so Oh, uh, I don't know what it's going to be like seeing Pennywise in 2020, but I remember them always being hyper energy. Sorry, yeah. No, it, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think this is the first, I mean, granted, this is the first year, second year of it being Sonic Temple. So, uh, you know, the interesting thing is, like, they always try to incorporate some kind of legacy punk bands. You know, like I said, last year it was The Hives, which were kind of more fun. Uh, You had Refused, which, you know, they didn't get to play. Distillers, you know, kind of reuniting and and starting to play out again. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting that they're, they're kind of doing that again this year. There's, there's the three obvious kind of legacy punk rock bands that are on, Three legacy punk rock bands that are on this year, uh, one of which is Pennywise, uh, and the other two we'll talk about for the next day. But um, uh, yeah, uh, Cypress Hill. Holy shit. I think they should be on the day before on the same stage. But uh, I mean, up in smoke, man, like <laughs> so many, you know, hits from the bong and all that kind of shit. There's so many Cypress Hill old school jams. I'm imagining, uh, <laughs> I'm imagining, uh, you know, Matt Free Stadium is, uh, you know gonna have a, a nice little smell to it after a little bit during their set well you know i'm, I'm not gonna say that after we did our nf episode on discography discussion that you know we might do another rap episode um but if we did it's probably gonna be cypress hill so you know for all those people out there that only listen to one podcast or the other and not listening to brutally speaking and discography discussion you're missing out on some spoilers here so <laughs> i'm just saying just saying me, me and john might actually both be on that so uh moving on to the main stage uh we start with airborne uh the australian heir to the throne for acdc for the longest time uh, although i've always thought they were more in line with kind of the sort of thrash or thrashier side of things but uh kind of still got that classic sound uh that a lot of uh as i call them old heads <laughs> right love 
Um, kind of disappeared for a little bit here in the stateside. Like they used to come over here quite a bit, and then I, I feel like I haven't seen them in probably at least five years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Whenever I mean, hmm, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. The last time I can think that I've seen them here, I got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, they're a, they're a solid time, and like I said, if you are kind of into that classic rock, kind of hard rock sound, uh, these guys got in droves, man. They got riffs for days. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, San Antonio. Uh, we had Mike Mushok from San Antonio on. Uh, I like the new record. I lean sometimes to uh, kind of heavier hard rock with uh, really great pop sensibilities. Um, new San Antonio records got it in droves. I mean, a couple song or one song with a uh, Sully from Godsmack, which I mean, I really enjoyed that song. Uh, obviously you got Mike who is a phenomenal guitar player, writes really interesting stuff on guitar. That's kind of a little left, left of center. Uh, not exactly just straight ahead rock, but kind of, you know, interesting sounds and textures and all that kind of stuff. And I think is criminally underrated. Uh, so I'm excited to see San Antonio finally for the first time. And, you know, obviously here's some three days, Grace songs probably in the set as well as, uh, you know, I mean, there's no need to play stain songs anymore. And we'll get to that in a minute, but, uh, yeah, this is a band I think uh, a lot of people, if you're not familiar with, they only have two records out, the second having just come out. Uh, so, I mean, this is a kind of a, a really good pedigree band that I think you should check out if you're not familiar with. Yeah, I mean, if you like Stained, there's kind of no reason, or you like Old Stained, really, because I feel like it reminds me a little bit more of Old Stained. Um, not like that they sound exactly the same, but you, you know what I'm saying? It's Mike Mushak, right? Like, the dude plays, like, not one way, but... <laughs> kind of one way i'll just say it he, i like the way he sounds he's very consistent that's the nicer way to say it yeah i mean there's a reason jason newstead picked him to play guitar in his band totally totally he's, he's i mean some of the some of the some of his darker riffs because i always felt like mike mushak writes very dark riffs you know yeah. and uh it, you know every time i'm having a good day and i hear i hear a song that he's written i you know i'm like am i having a good day <laughs> i don't know so that it's that weird dichotomy with uh with bands like that where you know, you don't want things to ever get better for them because you love that dark sound that they put out. Yeah. Um, a band that I am fucking stoked to see, finally, uh, The Darkness. Um, I know a lot of people probably wrote this band off as a fucking joke band, especially with I Believe in a Thing Called Love, but songs off of Permission to Land, like Black Shuck, uh, Get Your Hands Off My Woman, Motherfucker. Like, I mean, they're kind of like the queen version of Turbo Negro. I always felt like they were like a little bit more serious Steel Panther. <laughs> well, know? at the time we didn't have Steel Panther as a, as a reference, so. right? I I know. I like. I haven't always felt that way, but like looking looking at them now, like they're they're a band that absolutely is hilarious, but isn't a joke band. No, they. I mean, neither Steel Panther. They no. They're, both neither play one of them phenomenally are, well. Not neither one of them are jokes musically. You know. <laughs> Uh, at all, like if you're if you're a fan of of, of insanely over the top '80s inspired rock and metal, you can't do better than the Darkness, man. They they were one of the first bands to popularize that as a comeback style. Yeah, yeah, no, I uh, man, pretty much anything these guys have done, and, and Justin Hawkins, like just as a vocalist and guitar player, is so good. Um, and I, from what I understand, has only gotten better with age. So, very much looking forward to seeing these guys. They don't tour the states a whole lot. 
uh, typically anymore. So uh, kind of like Airborne, you know, very much looking forward to catching these guys while they're, you know, here in the States and uh, in a massive, you know, potential arena setting for them. Um, moving on, Alter Bridge. Um, <laughs> I know this, you know, sacrilege maybe. Uh, I've always thought Creed as the band were really good. Um, so give them the freedom to be the band that, you know, they showed showcases of and, and glimpses of throughout Creed's career and allow it to be full on ripping heavy metal solos and shit like that and put an amazing vocalist like, uh, Miles Kennedy on it. I mean, what's not to love? I mean, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I like, I, I like Alter Bridge. <laughs> Um uh more than Creed. <laughs> Look, man, I'm I'm not really a big fan, but I do appreciate I do appreciate the chops. Um like I mean Mark Tremonti, man. He, he he's 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 one of the best, if not the best, rock guitarists that I think actually goes a little underappreciated. He did just win the uh, Guitarist of the Decade through Guitar World uh, like a month ago. Well, he deserves it. I don't read Guitar World because I can't play guitar. I just com- <laughs> I just I just commentate on how other people play guitar. Um, but uh, yeah, like I mean, Mark Tremonti is is is, is endlessly creative. And um, I think that's what made Alter Bridge a fan because, you know, like after Creed broke up and, you know, people hated Creed for however long they hated Creed. Do people still hate Creed? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. They do. Well, that's, that's kind of outdated though, right? Like, I mean, there's, no. a, there's way better stuff to hate, right? Yeah. They don't play around a whole lot anymore. Yeah. The I other mean, bands that, you know, people want to hate on. Well, Alter Bridge though, like after Creed broke up, Alter Bridge kind of established themselves as a band's band like um a musician's band yeah you know um if a casual listener may be like yeah okay it's just another rock band i kind of like it you know whatever but dudes that were like really hardcore into guitar are like yeah dude alter bridge is like the it's like the cream of the crop as far as that type of rock goes What's funny, though, too, is like, you know how we were talking about bands that are from overseas that are super big and then come here in the States and aren't even basically a, a headlining club level band. Yeah. Alter Bridge is from here in the States. They're basically an arena level band over in Europe and are maybe a mid-level size theater here in the States. So it's it's kind of interesting to see the duality of their career here where they're from in the States versus overseas. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's Yeah, it's kind of a... A weird thing. It was that way for Limp Biscuit for a while too, and then Limp Biscuit yeah. finally started getting getting that foothold back in the U.S. again. Yeah, um, a band that I really like unapologetically, and I'm really excited for this set. Uh, Stained, they're back. They are. <laughs> you know, say what you want, man. I, I know, like a lot of these bands aren't necessarily in, in Dan's wheelhouse, but you know, I remember seeing, and I, granted, I know it was like eight years ago, uh, but seeing Stain and Godsmack on their uh, Mass Chaos tour, basically two bands from Boston, so Mass, Massachusetts, planned words. Um, and Stain had just put out that self-titled record, which, I mean, for a lot of people who said that Stain are soft and they you know, can't write anything like Break the Cycle ever again or anything like that, I thought that self-titled record was a big kind of middle finger to being like, yeah, you don't think we can write heavy songs like we used to? Here you go. Well, I mean, they, they couldn't though, right? Uh, I mean, they I, tried I, to. Was, I think they did pretty good. It was a heavier record, but is it really like the old stuff? 
Right. We can talk. <laughs> we can have that. Yeah, we'll we'll save that. We'll have a two hour discussion on that on Patreon or something. <laughs> um. So, but with that being said, Stain basically for everyone who wondered what Stain would sound like, you know, in light of their last record, uh, they came out and they basically played most of uh dysfunction, a good chunk of dysfunction, a good chunk of like the heavy stuff off of Break the Cycle, Fourteen Shades of Grey, a couple of songs off the new record. I I want to say they even played something off of Tormented. Uh, I think they played uh keep away or something like that um so it was kind of interesting that you know they're they're kind of hitting on all facets of of their heavier side of their career um and it looks like you know the set from when they played louder than life last year appeared to be about the same so it seems like and you know a shitload of production which i've never seen stained with any production because i mean aaron lewis and camp just kind of brewed around on stage and you don't really need production to do that so definitely um, not <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested to see what stained with full production presumably would look like again but uh um yeah looking forward to the set personally uh really big you know band that i came up with uh in my my youth um so they're always going to hold a place uh special for me uh going to see shows with my dad and so forth um band that i i've never seen live and and really does nothing for me it's the exact opposite really is evanescence i I mean i guess some people are stoked they're back um eh, they can take it or leave it yeah i don't know i feel yeah i mean i feel like evanescence was a band that kind of um went I mean, I'm being like so down on all these bands. I should really like cheer up a little bit. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Evanescence came in at the end, I feel like, of, of when new metal was at its prominence and their record really wasn't even new metal. Um, but it was kind of in that vein, you know, uh, or would appeal to fans of it or whatever. But like, I feel like people were largely starting to move away from that type of music, especially by the time they got to their second record. And, um, so I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm very surprised, uh, to see Evanescence this prominently featured, uh, on a festival like this. Like they're, they're basically, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the, if you're looking at the tour poster, like I am right now, uh, you know, a little look behind the scenes here, um, they're right pitted right up against bring me the horizon and Deftones, which are two bands that I think are massively more successful but I mean, I don't know what the sales numbers are, but I am really surprised to see Evanescence going on right before Slipknot. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe Slipknot maybe Slipknot owes them for that thing that happened at Knotfest where they like destroyed Evanescence's oh, instruments. Yeah. Well, maybe, they didn't, but maybe this is what well Slipknot didn't. The Slipknot fans did. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, they they just they had a maggot infestation apparently. <laughs> um, and what what was interesting about that is like, I'm kind of like, is this like Slipknot's way of being like, we're sorry, we'll we'll put in a good word for you at Sonic Temple. Maybe you guys can go on right before us or something. <laughs> Corey, Ta- you see Corey Taylor being like, um, I feel the need to apologize for the way my uh, loyal followers acted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he actually said that. I'm sure Loudwire would be happy to tell us about it or or uh, Metal Sucks. Anybody? Yeah, yeah. Um. And then that brings us to the mighty Slipknot. Uh, I have only seen a quarter of their show once, and then my wife got kicked out. So uh, there you go. I kicked out. Kicked. Yeah, she got kicked out. Really? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was on that Hatebreed tour, Hatebreed Slipknot tour. Okay. Uh, it was here in town. I was bummed because Hatebreed canceled their headlining set and then like a week later announced that they were with Slipknot. We bought, bought tickets, got there for Slipknot set. Uh, my wife and I were made our way pretty close to the front. And then, uh, like, you know, and, and Dan, I don't know if you really have experienced this recently or noticed this shift. Uh, a lot of times when you go to shows, even on the floor, there's like a weird thing now where people there's a lot of gap between people um it's not like it used to be where like you were like elbow to elbow probably like from the soundboard forward if you're on the floor at a metal show and we get pretty close and you know we were in front of some people but we like didn't like fight our way there we just walked literally walked there there were no one there were no people standing probably within a person's you know circumference of us and then during Slipknot set, you know, it's probably two, three songs in. Crowd starts moving a little bit. And, you know, people are doing that thing now where they're also like, ooh, don't touch me. And it's like, you're on the floor and at a metal show and there's a pit and, you know, crowd surfing and all this other shit. It's going to cause you to move sporadically without any control of where you're going necessarily. And uh, long and short of it, I... I felt two people behind me grabbing me to, to crowd surf me out of their area, which is something I always often joke about doing to somebody. And then it was being done to me. And I started hitting these dudes like arms and shit and was kind of like pushing them. And, uh, the girlfriend or girl that was with these two dudes or three dudes or whatever, uh, went to not necessarily hit me. She like knocked my glasses off my face. Uh, and those just got crushed like immediately. And then, so basically Bridget, uh, took out her, <laughs> And uh, at wow. that point, the uh, stage lighting for the arena uh, popped open and security, since we were only probably probably 10 rows of people away from the, the uh, barricade, security saw right away that like probably eight, not even exaggerating, eight security people like hopped the barricade to come get Bridget. Uh, when the lights went down, I pushed the two dudes out of my way that were like fucking with me. Uh, security grabbed my wife. I grabbed one of the security dudes because I was, and he goes, "You got to let go of me." And I go, "It doesn't take eight of you to, you know, escort my wife somewhere." Right, no doubt. And then, like when he started to go after the rest of them, the stage lighting went down and a pit kind of opened up, and I pushed him from behind and kicked out his feet, and then I took off. <laughs> Wow. And uh, I grabbed uh, my wife's purse from one of her friends that was sitting along the barricade of the uh, the floor to the first row of seats. And security was taunting my wife the whole way out. Uh, at one point, one of them called her white trash, so she went limp. And then the guy's like, why are you being such a fucking bitch? And she goes, well, if I'm white trash, you can fucking carry me. Right. And... Uh, they did. Then this really tiny, mousy-looking bitch uh, went outside in the smoker section, you know, barricaded off by a little gate, and uh, continued to kind of taunt my wife, laughing at her. And my wife and I, the rest of the way, were bitching and then decided to go to a bar nearby. And wouldn't you know it, fr uh, Frank, uh, Florida Frank from Hatebreed was following behind us, heard what was going on, and uh, offered to give us free tickets to Hatebreed's show the next night. Uh, awesome. Not with Slipknot. Uh, we didn't go because it was, unfortunately, on a weekday. Um, but yeah, so I've only ever gotten to see a quarter of a Slipknot show. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, what else needs to be said about Slipknot then? <laughs> Pulse of the maggots. <laughs> Pulse of the maggots, indeed. Well, we got one day left. Sunday. You gonna um, stick around for Sunday? Or you gonna go home? I'm gonna stick around for most of Sunday. I probably will. So what's interesting is like, so the you know the wave stage. Uh, I was kind of bummed. We're we're working on, and it'll probably happen. You know, as of right now, it looks like it's gonna happen at uh, the festival. But uh, I saw the Who 
uh, out at Los Rages. And if you've never seen them, I know we're kind of hopping around on bands, but uh, if you've never seen The Who, uh, the, or the, the Who uh, I don't really know how you pronunciate that one way or the other. Um, so not the band with the uh, pedophile, oh, I'm sorry, the alleged not pedophile uh, guitar player, Pete, Pete uh, Townsend. Yeah, yeah. But the, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, I'm trying to Mongolian. Uh, I don't even know how you classify them. Um, they play a really ethereal, very mesmerizing style of hard rock Mongolian chanting stuff. Um, seeing it live, like I mean, I don't think I'd listen to it on a record a whole lot, but seeing it live, it's very captivating. And at one point, I turned to my wife and I just go, "It sounds like people making singing like a didgeridoo." <laughs> um, I mean that's actually really not far off. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah. Um it's, they're they're a, go ahead. It's not it's not my thing. <laughs> but um the, people are excited, so I'm interested. Like they you know, they got added uh once the festival had kind of been announced. Um and like I said, I, I there's so much buzz about it because it's just such a different band it kind of reminded me of like all the buzz that ginger was getting but in a completely different way like so it's another foreign band that's just doing something completely different and unique from anyone else i mean there's really nothing i can even compare them to and like i said seeing it live it's just really captivating like you can't not be enthralled by what's happening uh it feels very uh primal and sort of bordering on kind of a religious feeling at times with what they're doing. Like, I don't know if you're familiar and I know it's a totally different uh, culture, but you know, like the, uh, I think it's the Polynesians and the, that do like the, the Hakas, yeah. you know, that tribal chant. It, it kind of reminds me of a lot of that. And maybe it's cause like the singer and some of the other guys kind of beat on their chests to the rhythm and so forth. And it, it kind of feels like, you know, that thing, like where it's like, it's this really spiritually moving performance uh, piece that they're doing with this this music that you know has really percussive elements to it and so forth and uh, yeah I like I said I don't think I would go out of my way to listen to this on a record but uh, seeing it live is is really interesting and it is kind of a, a very kind of a, a head trip uh, I, I don't necessarily need to say that you need to be under the influence of something but I was thinking to myself several times that if I were to happen to have eaten something and uh, you know 20 30 minutes went by and I saw this I, I probably would have a real good fucking time watching it <laughs> there you go uh, it does seem very unique I, I'll, I will give them that for sure um, speaking to the other bands, Kill Station 0936 and Brutus, uh, don't know much about it. Actually, I just saw that Brutus, uh, just announced a tour of the U.S., and I think they're coming here, which wouldn't surprise me since we're only like a four hour trip, uh, from, from Grand Rapids to, uh, to Columbus. So, uh, that's probably why I saw that they were nearish biased, nearish biased. That's not even a word near to me. Uh, so, um, have checked them out. Obviously, since I, I just saw the name recently pop up on all the music sites for something. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I know the Who and um, or the Who or I don't know. I, uh, yeah, um, and uh, Who. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm super stoked for Code Orange. Fuck yeah! I mean that that's pretty. Uh, whew, the only thing that I think could make it better is if you had Code Orange and Knock Loose the same day. But I also don't know if I had enough. Would have enough energy. Um, to survive for the rest of the day, much less the rest of my life. 
Um, that that's like a furnace fest level of get beat down by several bands in a row. <laughs> and I don't know, uh, I don't know if the more general music audience that would be attending the festival would be able to handle that. I'm not. Code Orange is actually another one that I'm interested to see how much of their success and crossing over into a lot of different genres, you know, getting played on Adult Swim and, you know, kind of appealing to a, a really interesting demographic of people. I'm interested to see who shows up for this show. I'm interested to see what the crowd looks like. Uh, I remember seeing them play at a 420 cap room here in town many years ago when I Am King had just first come out with Twitching Tongues, and there was like maybe 40 people in attendance. Um and ironically enough, I remember most of the show hanging out with TJ Miller from Still Remains. And I was like, I didn't expect you to be here. Like, I didn't think you would like this band. But uh, it was, you know, just an interesting show. Crowd killers <laughs> for all 20 some odd people who were there. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, you know, having gotten to see them on that Hate Breed tour, uh, you know, a little while later. And or no, it wasn't Hate Breed. It was Kill Switch, I think. Now I think about it. Um but was one of those things where it was kind of weird from seeing them in the most punk rock of fashions in a, you know, very empty small club uh, to then seeing them in a mid-sized, you know, 1,200, 1,300 cap or maybe a 2,200 cap room, uh, mostly sold out. And just seeing the evolution of this band from kind of being just a, a straight ahead, crazy, you know, hardcore band, this industrial, you know, noise, avant-garde, hardcore thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't like throwing the word avant-garde out there too much, but uh, <laughs> it just makes me think of a band that's pretentious. Um, some some people on the internet would say that these guys are. You think so? I don't, guys and gal. I don't think so. I mean, you know, people on the internet say things. I'm one of them. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think pretentious is the right word. I just think um, I think this is a music scene where it's very hard to stand out. And they've done a really good job of, of standing out, especially considering what their older material used to sound like. The thing I'm interested to see, and I don't... <laughs> the only the only other reaction I've ever had like this that was, I don't want to call it visceral, but it was just like, oh. Uh, so in their newest video where their drummer Morgan comes out and apparently now he's the front man of the band yeah. in the truest sense, and then they just go in this disgusting, like, a breakdown for 30 40 seconds and you're like oh, oh but i remember having the same reaction as i did in the new friday the 13th movie remake when jason actually ran after people where yeah. I go, oh oh shit because <laughs> it was the, it was the last thing i was expecting yeah it yeah. was the last thing i was expecting like you know they show this microphone and i don't think anything of it and then you know because it just looks like a normal video there's where everyone's kind of in the places that it seems like they should be there's the drummer can't really see him but you know everyone's accounted for and then here comes morgan on vocals as the lead vocalist and you're like i didn't know that it could get any more aggressive and violent until now and, and it did so you know, you, moving moving into uh, Echo Stage, um, I'm trying to figure out like, is there another band called Suicidal Tendencies? Because their font is not the right size for Suicidal Tendencies. <laughs> uh, as far as I know, it is Suicidal Tendencies. Get the font uh, guy on the phone. Well, you know, uh, I don't know anything about Death Rocks. I'm excited for Crowbot. Uh, those are those are my dudes. So I always love seeing those guys. Uh, I think I'm going to actually go see them uh, a couple of about a week before this festival when they're here in uh, Battle Creek, uh, about an hour away. So it'd be nice to kind of preemptively see them before this festival. Um, 
Crowbot, you know, I'm not going to get into some of the shit that they've been going through or what they had gone through, but they're a band that was so close to being gone and done. Uh, and it really sucked because they put out a great record. They toured so much behind it and, you know, had a lot of buzz about them. And then just, you know, due to some lineup changes and so forth and uh, not being on a label anymore and, and some other things, that this band was really close to going away. And I think they are too talented of a band that deserves your attention and, and kind of doing a lot of interesting things uh, within the genre of what they are. Um but Crowbot is, is a great band. They're a great live band. Uh, Brandon, their singer, is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, Chris Bishop, their guitar player, is just a fucking amazing guitar player. Uh, their new rhythm section is, is super solid. Um, they're just a very energetic, fun band. Uh, I, I defy you to go see them and not have a smile on your face and not have a good time. <laughs> um, you know, it's just it's impossible. You can't. Um, so if you're going and you're thinking to yourself, well, there's really not a whole lot on Sunday for me in the early part of the day, you're fucking wrong. Go see Crowbot. Go support those dudes. Uh, go listen to a very drunk conversation that Chris and I had when they stayed here at my house uh, a few years ago and was one of the first episodes of the podcast I did uh, and then finally decided to put out. Um, not saying it's the greatest quality and doesn't get real sloppy at the end. Uh, but it was it was fun nonetheless. Um, so need to have those guys back on. Sounds like uh, Jeff's uh, DVD collection. <laughs> anyway, uh. suicidal tendencies. Man, I have been wanting to see these guys uh, for a while, and especially now that Ben Wyman apparently is in the band. It seems he tours with them consistently, so it seems like he's at least in a live setting in suicidal tendencies, which. I mean, if anyone has seen that footage of him fucking falling on <laughs> breaking his back, basically, yeah, that's rough. It was um, so rough. <laughs> that's, that's a that's like that. That's the type of stuff you see on those cringe videos all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, it's rough. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Suicidal tendencies. I mean, I've I've never gotten to see them live, so um, should be really really cool for me. And like I said, I'm very surprised that they're not you know one of the the big font bands as we <laughs> have come to call them. Um, Dropkick Murphys. Uh, right after that, I mean that's. Uh, that's pretty killer. I mean, Dropkick Murphys are uh, one of the most popular bands of my uh, high school days. I wasn't really that into it, but pretty much every single other person in my high school was and continues to be, probably. I don't talk to most of them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dropkick is one of those bands, you know, like a lot of the punk bands, you know, between the band we're going to be talking about between the band we're going to be talking about next, Pennywise, um, a lot of those bands, the early Warp Tours, the early 90s Warp Tour compilations and so forth, Dropkick, Pennywise, Rancid, Sublime, like all these kind of punk alternative bands were such an integral part of that scene crossing over. Uh, I mean, I, th I think almost all of those bands have been on Tony Hawk, you know, soundtracks at some point that we've played to death. Um, same with Goldfinger. Like, I don't think anyone knows of Goldfinger if you didn't play Tony Hawk. <laughs> um, but Dropkick for me, you know, I, I think uh, they're kind of interesting because I think a lot of people obviously know who they are because of, uh, you know, Martin Scorsese films. Yeah. And beer commercials now. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting to think of them being a more mainstream band than I typically would think of them being. But obviously, you know, with them being, you know, one of the, the I'll call it a co-headliner on this stage with Rancid, I think speaks to the lasting power, obviously the lasting power of this band. I think they've been around for, what, 30 years? Yeah, they've been around for a minute, dude. 
So, um, I mean, you got, I mean, even if you're not into the band or don't think you really owe them much, I mean, I think you owe, owe it to go check them out at least for a song or two and at least, you know, appreciate the legacy of Dropkick Murphys. Yeah, absolutely. Rancid. Rancid right after. I mean, it's a, it's a punk rocker's dream. Well, at least people that were into punk, like when I was growing up, because, uh, there are a lot of old school punk rockers do not like Rancid. Um, <laughs> which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but, um, they were, um, obviously a band that had been around for quite a bit. I mean, I think they, they kind of got more popular, at least it, it, as far as my knowledge went kind of in the, in the early two thousands, but they had always kind of been tracking through most of the nineties. Well, obviously, and you know, this, it's funny cause like I, there's a handful of bands in the genre that like I, I'm. I know a decent amount about because my friends were so into this fucking band, but obviously, you know, Tim predating going back to like Op Ivy and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's kind of the, the Op Ivy fan base that came over to Rancid, you know, them putting out and out came the wolves, which is a, a huge fucking landmark record guaranteed. When you go to their merch, you're going to see it on a, a towel or not a towel. I'm sorry. You're going to see it on a blanket. You're going to see it on, you know, the t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. It's obviously a, legacy record for the band uh they play you know like i said uh my friend of mine that was on that rancid pennywise tour like here hearing a bunch of the rancid set um you know i recognized a lot of the songs and I, and I was like fuck i didn't realize i knew all these songs um but it was one of those things like the band just never really hit for me then obviously the the whole thing with you know you're kind of saying that 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 mm, late 90s early 2000s thing uh when you know punk kind of was seeing a resurgence thanks to like the pop punk scene of like good charlotte and so forth and then you're seeing you know uh tim and brody doll of the distillers you know they got married and so forth and uh you know i think that kind of added to rancid's legacy of uh kind of being more known as a result of a byproduct of you know a relationship and so forth but um this band still really got it. something that, you know, I always am interested in when I saw this band. And the only reason I even went to go watch part of their set was because they have Brandon Steckert that used to be in the used right. on drums and have for a while. Um, and I, I think so highly of that dude as a drummer. Um, so to, to see him play in a band that I know he's loved for forever. Uh, I mean, it would kind of like being like, what's, you know, Travis Barker's favorite band. Okay. Well now he's getting to play in that band. Uh, it's kind of akin to that. Like, you know, I think the guy is, is that talented. Um, and you know, like I was saying earlier about uh, Chad from uh, Hell Yeah, it's weird seeing a very ripped uh, Tim Armstrong and that massive ass beard that he's got. You're just like Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know that is kind of insane. I ended up having to pull up a, a, a video. Yeah, it didn't even look like him at first. No, not at all. Um, moving on, uh, main stage Sunday. Brass against. Uh, I do not know anything about this band. No idea. Uh, so can't really speak to them at all so collectively moving on to dance gavin dance dance gavin dance uh, possibly the hardest working band that's out there now they seemingly drop a new record every single fucking year like clockwork uh it is astounding how much material this band is able to put out uh admittedly i am not a fan of this band uh i appreciate what they do i, I mean they're insanely proficient at their instruments um i don't know if my friend is still in this band. Uh, I, I wish we could kind of talk a little bit more about why I don't know about that. Um, but I'm hoping I will get to see him. Uh, and maybe we'll get to do a chat uh, if he is there. And, 
Yeah, Dance Gavin Dance, though. They they are a hardworking band. A lot of fucking people love this band. I mean, so much so that they headlined over Periphery, and I could see the shift uh, in participation and in eagerness uh, during the set from Periphery to Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, and, and anyone who knows anything about Periphery knows that their fans are loyal and hardcore and, and uh, support that band very much so. So, um, But you, you can't be a band that's selling out theaters basically by yourself uh, with the crowd singing at the top of their lungs for the, your whole hour-plus set uh, and not be doing something right. So regardless of how I feel about Dance Gavin Dance, this is a, a big band. I'm interested to see how uh, they do on basically the main stage uh, on the last night. I, I don't know that many fans of the band will be at this festival. I, I feel like they're kind of a, an odd odd band out yeah. uh, unfortunately because of that but i don't know um is, so is this next band pronounced pop plus and minus evil no it's just pop evil I know, they're I'm from just, here and okay i'm being funny uh okay. I, okay i'm being funny to me um gotta get those dad jokes in every now and again if, <laughs> if i was taking my kids i'd be like let's go see pop plus and minus evil <laughs> uh pop evil local band from here in grand rapids um, I've actually been trying to get uh, their guitarist Dave on. He uh, is a regular at my my home bar. Uh, we've talked about doing something, and just for whatever fucking reason, have not. So, um, <clears throat> this band is weird to me. Um, I have ties to this band when they were still a local band. Uh, shortly after I graduated high school back in two thousand two. And used to see this band be the first of like four or five on our local showcases at our one of our bigger venues in town. Back when our local scene could sell out an 1800 cap room with only locals. And <clears throat> um, I, I never really liked this band. I always just kind of thought that the pieces didn't quite work for me. And I remember uh, someone who may or may not be in the band anymore, I, I honestly don't remember, uh, talking to a friend of mine's band that was the headliner and was like, man, how do we get like where you guys are at? Because, you know, you guys are opening for corn when they come to town. You're getting all like the great sponsorship opportunities. And my friend was just like, you just got to write like write good songs. And sh- shockingly, out of all the really great bands that, you know, locally we had that I s- seemingly were destined for great success that just never panned out. Pop Evil stuck with it, found how to write songs that, you know, appealed to a really big demographic and just kept at it. And I think are a really great attestment to, you know, not giving up and just consistently trying to be the best band that they can be. Um, it still baffles me, like I said, that they are as big as they are, like to where they, I mean, they took out Memphis Mayfire and headlined over them. Uh, they're obviously very high up on this festival. Typically when you see them on festivals, they're very high up. Um, it's, it, they are to me like law dispute. I forget how big law dispute is everywhere else because to me they're still just the grand rapids band that you know used to play vfw halls and shit that i would see all the time or even play shows with not some giant fucking band that you know has played in japan with like thursday or whatever pop evil has played with motley crew and a bunch of other bands and to me they're just that band that i used to go see every other weekend basically around town opening for my friends bands well i don't have nearly that much uh <laughs> to to say uh i I don't even think I've ever heard of this band, which is probably my fault. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's totally weird. Like, I, and I, the only person, the only person I've really ever heard that has a, a very similar experience to having a band that was, and I guess it technically applies to you, but like a band that was local but just achieved this massive success out of seemingly out of nowhere was like Story of the Year. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you know, I, I know, like in that conversation that uh, Toomey did with uh with what's his face, um, that basically it was one of those things where it was like, oh, you know, you guys used to play as uh you know this band and then change the name and then Page Avenue came out and just holy shit, now you're the biggest band ever, and that's kind of what happened with pop people where it was just like, yeah, they like seem to be on tour all the time. I didn't see much of them. And then it's like these, you know, Danny women festivals started coming out and like some of these big package tours and pop people would be like, yeah, we're opening for Motley Crue. We're the first of four or we're out with so-and-so. And it was just like, when the, when the fuck did this happen? Yeah. Kind of weird. Pretty reckless making their return. Um, I uh, actually, I, I doubt we're going to get to chat with uh, Taylor Momsen uh, of the Pretty Reckless, the vocalist. But uh, interesting band. Um, Taylor was a was an actress uh, first, uh, and then segued into music and and kind of has you know carved out their like kind of along like you know Hailstorm and stuff like that. Kind of just being a female fronted hard rock band and. Uh, kind of being very unapologetically themselves. Uh, they kind of have anti-singles, like some of the stuff in it that I'm just like, i surprised that gets played on the radio based on the lyrical content. Um, but it does, and it seems like a lot of people are really stoked to see this band come back. And uh, I've never seen them live, but uh, here they are a force to be reckoned with in a live setting. So kind of actually looking forward to checking these guys out and gals. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm having trouble. Oh, this uh, is no, this is like Furnace Fest. So like, yeah. I, like that's that's why I wanted to do the Furnace Fest in this back to back because I was like, whereas you're like, oh man, like remembering numbers playing, and I'm like, yep, that was a band I remember hearing of like once. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that those bands are all great, uh, <laughs> and these bands are all <laughs> these bands are all you know documentably great in the sense that they are on this massive festival. Um, which, you know, some of the smaller bands maybe we haven't heard of have got to be stoked that they're going to be playing, you know, um, these festivals with bands like Slipknot and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Tool and Deftones and, you know, um, oh, spoilers, uh, Tool and Deftones are going to be there too. Yeah. Um, right to it. Deftones. I mean, I love this band. You've said it uh, all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this band. Um, I'm hoping by this point we'll at least get to hear some new stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I understand, the new record's done-ish. <laughs> I don't know. It seems, I don't know. Deftones are very, they're very Deftonesy and where they... Uh, they don't ever put albums out on time? I mean, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, they just, I mean, the interesting thing is I was just reading very much like Tool, who we'll talk about also in a minute. Um, you know, Deftones do things on their own. So like they were talking, I think it was Abe, their drummer, was talking about how they got in a room, wrote a bunch of shit, and then decided to take a year off, basically, <laughs> from working on it. And then, or at least a while off, and then come back to it and be like, well, how do we feel about this? Um, so I'm hoping that that, you know, create some, some good music. Uh, Terry dates behind the, you know, I know we just talked about this on the last episode. Um, Terry date basically is, uh, working on the new record. So I don't know. I'm interested, you know, he kind of left off after white pony. I don't, yeah. White pony was the last record he did. So obviously leaving off on a masterpiece. Um, I still think the stuff they were doing with Nick Rasculinus, uh, was some of their best sounding stuff. Um, personally. So I, I don't know what to, to expect from this record. Um, I'm going to say Gore left me pretty underwhelmed, personally. Yeah, you're wrong uh, about that. Um, 
I'll say live, some of it sounds pretty good, but they don't play a whole lot off of it in the live setting. They stick pretty much to the, you know, everything other than, <laughs> other than gore. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm interested to see what happens from this. I would assume since I have seen every band that Deftones tour with, uh, since, you know, I've been seeing them since White Pony, they always bring out somebody from the package tour to do Passenger. So it would stand to reason with tool playing that we should be getting Maynard to come out and do Passenger. I mean, what are we even doing here? I mean, if it's not, right? Like, if that doesn't happen, I will be severely shocked. Yeah, like that would be very strange. But you never know. I mean, Maynard's kind of a weird dude, so <laughs> you never can tell. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that in comparison to Chino. <laughs> um, tool. Ending things. This is basically where Metallica was supposed to you know, do their second night. Uh, they are no longer on it. And uh, Tool, a pretty worthy replacement. Um, I've only seen Tool once, and it was on the Lateralis tour uh, with Meshuggah opening up, which was interesting. And uh, Kind of fitting, though. Yeah, but this is like... I think I've made mentions of this before, but it was back before like people knew how to do anything with eight string guitars in a live setting. Right. Oh, so this so, is that so, show. Okay. Yeah. So it just sounded like muddled shit. Gotcha. Um, tool sounded great. Uh, lateralis is a, a phenomenal record. Uh, I think even when I saw them, they ended up doing at that show, they ended up doing no quarter tool. That is. And, uh, you know, it was probably the, the peak of my interest in tool between the salvo box set, uh lateralis you know anima obviously and you know just being super big into this band i i feel like it was at their peak personally um i wasn't really a big fan of of ten thousand days that felt like basically a a a b-sides of of lateralis to me um you didn't feel that way about the new album i heard the single and i was not impressed and i just haven't even bothered because it seems like tools one of those bands that you can't just be like oh i'm gonna listen to a song and and get an idea how i feel about it it is a totally sit down with it for the 80 minutes or 90 minutes that the record is going to be listen to it from start to finish give it your undivided attention and then figure out how you feel about it and to be completely honest i just haven't had an hour where i felt like i could give it my undivided attention to form an opinion well, you need an hour and a half at least, you know. Um, I've I've done it. I've listened to it. Um, I, I think I'm just a fan of Tool before Tool knew that they were super proggy. <laughs> you know, because they, they always had those elements. They had that dark, hard rock metal sound to them. Yeah. And now they've more or less lost that. And they've gone into this, like... Just I don't know, just jam band almost at this point, and um, I just I miss the good Tool songs with the hooks and the you know, um, it makes me sound like a you know a basic bro or whatever. But like I just like I like Tool. I like angry Tool. I don't like introspective Tool as much. Right. Well, um, that is 2020 Sonic Temple, uh, May 15th, 16th, and 17th in Columbus, Ohio, at Matt Free Stadium. Um, lots to look forward to, uh, some stuff that probably will, uh, really excite us as you heard, uh, from, you know, bring me the horizon and a lot of radio rock bands that Dan isn't necessarily into that I am looking forward to seeing and some bands that I'm kind of just, uh, yeah, they're there. (laughs) 
I hear you, man. A hundred percent. Yeah, there's some gems in there for me, especially like it's no secret how big of a testament fan I am, you know, and um so Dan's showing up just for Friday, just for the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, te- testament, uh, ginger, uh, red hot chili peppers. I'll say it. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, Friday's looking really good. Uh, Saturday though, I got to stay for Slipknot at least. Um, Ice Nine Kills. I- I'm into that. I knock loose, obviously. Um, you know, and Sunday we got we got Code Orange, Suicidal Tendencies, Deftones, Tool. I think it's fine. And. Uh... Yeah. Um, who is so? Last year, the fun thing is, you know, we and then we kind of already did it, but like, who do you? Who is the one band you think everyone should go see, and who do you think is going to be your breakout band for this year? Well, like the band that everybody's going to be the most excited about, or the band that people aren't going to be expecting to be awesome. The band that you know basically will kind of like you know. I guess the best way I can put it is like, so you remember like when Slipknot was on Ozfest '99, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, that was the band you needed to see." I'm gonna go with Dead, dude. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just I feel like uh I feel like Dead's the band that people aren't going to be expecting and um you know, I mean they they've gotten relatively popular uh recently in the past year or two, but like I don't necessarily know if this crowd is is ready for it. I man, I I, I thought I kind of had it figured out. I I figured honestly it was going to be I every time I keep coming back to it, I I still keep coming back to Ice Nine Kills is going to be that band that like is going to probably catch a lot of people off guard who are like, I don't listen to music like that. Right. But are also going to have the support of people who are really into it to really get them into it. You guys like horror movies? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be the band that's going to be kind of the talk. Like, So last year when we went, it wasn't a surprise to me, but the surprise for everyone was the fever. Like all the bands were talking about the fever 333 and that set that Jason and all those guys did. And I think that Ice Nine stands to have that set this year, personally. I, I mean, I, I can't disagree with that pick, but uh, I think Dead is going to... I think the Slipknot fans in the audience are going to hear Dead and be like, oh, okay. Like, I, I feel like they're going to they're gonna be on it. If you would like to keep up with all things going on with Sonic Temple, you can head over to sonictemplefestival.com, purchase your tickets, uh, head over to Facebook at Sonic Temple, Instagram at Sonic Temple, Twitter at Sonic Temple Fest, and Dan will tell you where he can be found. I can be found all over the internet, most uh, easily found on Facebook under Daniel Terry, on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan, on Gmail at DiscussMetalDan at gmail.com, and uh, my other podcast discography discussion is at DiscussMetal.com, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, it's simple enough. Bruce Beak Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you would like to support us monetarily, head on over to patreon.com slash Pod. If you would like to support us non-monetarily, rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast app you are listening to this on. It helps us out tremendously. Leave comments. We love those. Been getting a lot of them lately on our YouTube channel. Head on over to YouTube, Brutally Speaking Podcast. There are videos where uh, they apply. You can actually watch last year's videos from Sonic Temple and uh, maybe we'll do some more of those if uh, you enjoy that and watching the guests that we have. And this episode's podcast was sponsored by Podcorn. Head on over to podcorn.com. Uh, if you are a podcaster yourself or a YouTuber or a content creator, uh, go and learn how to make some money doing your podcast. Uh, it's always 
great to make money doing something you love. Uh, if you would like to keep your hair and beard looking great, go to onpointpalmade.com. Use the code BSP15. Save yourself 15% off your total purchase order. Support those guys for supporting us. Keep your hair and beard looking on point. And the Bean Bastard Coffee, head on over to thebeanbastard.com, Facebook and Instagram at The Bean Bastard, and let them know that we sent you. Support all of our sponsors for supporting us. And for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. We'll talk to you all next time.